Hello and welcome to Hamsa Holistic Healing and Ayurveda Podcast. I'm your host, Sherry, and tonight I speak with Ayurvedic Dr. Victor Briere on the topic of Jyotish, traditional Hindu astrology. We'll talk about it next. Hello and welcome to Hamsa Holistic Healing and Ayurveda Podcast. I'm your host, Sherry, and it is my deepest desire to journey with you down the path to better health, mind, body, and spirit through the practice of mindfulness and spiritual awakening. Here in this sacred space, we will examine how the practice of higher consciousness and self-awareness can actually lead us to an optimal state of physical and spiritual health. We will talk about the various ways to increase our awareness and support one another along this beautiful journey. Thank you for being here and welcome. Today, I am happy to welcome Ayurvedic Dr. Victor Briere. Victor Briere is a Ayurvedic doctor and is co-founder of the International Institute of Ayurveda, where he serves as a Nama-recognized Ayurvedic doctor and Kundalini yoga teacher. Victor is a gifted pulse reader specializing in Ayurvedic diagnostic techniques and health counseling. He is the author of Pulse Unveiled, and he is the primary clinician and the chief academic officer of the Academy. Hi, Victor. Hi, Sherry. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. I always love coming to talk to you. We haven't done a podcast in a while, so it's it's good to chat again. Well, we can't let your audience get too bored. <laughs> oh my goodness. I don't think so. So the subject tonight that we're going to speak about, Jyotish, it's intriguing to me because I'm a Western astrologist. I love astrology and I, I find it so accurate, but I don't really know about Jyotish. You know, I don't really know much about that. I know it's a traditional Hindu astrology, I think, right? So anyway, let's start with the definition because maybe a lot of people don't know about what Jyotish is. Sure. Jyotish means the science of light or something akin to that. The idea is very similar to Western astrology at its heart is that you look at the sky and there are the planets and the stars and all that stuff and whatever else in between that move around. And people have noticed, let's say over time that, Hey, certain things seem to happen when these astral bodies are in certain positions, maybe we should pay attention to that. Yeah. And so of course, that's the oversimplified modern day, you know, shortcut explanation to how astrology came to be thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago. Jyotish, uh, most cultures that we know of that have, you know, a significant footprint in history have some form of astrology that they relied on to help predict things from crop cycles to catastrophic events to individual life events that are important to personalities to the journey of the soul inside someone to all sorts of stuff, right? Yeah. And the interesting thing about Jyotish or one of the many interesting things about Jyotish is that it developed as a, okay. So like, you know, you know, if you go to like a psychic type person, 
-hmm. and they can like drink, you know, you drink a cup of tea and they look at the tea leaves inside, yes. right? Mm -hmm. That's a form of omen, like omen scene, you know? And so they could look at that and they, the general rule of thumb is everything in the cosmos is occurring because of this grand, highly sophisticated beyond the capacity of our human mind force of consciousness or whatever word you want to use something like that right? right and i'm being vague on purpose because if i were to nail it down by its nature i would have lost it mm -hmm. by defining it in strict rational terms right, right. okay so you got to be vague there's no other way someone who has access to their own intuition has developed a capacity to read omens. And Jodish says, the study of Jodish says, the sky is one gigantic omen. Yeah. You can read the forces at play in someone's life if you know how to read the omens. Right. So, so it's that, really, like, yeah. like, as they say, it's in the stars. It's in the as stars. It's in the stars. So there's a whole map of intelligence in the universe and if we can just tap some of it, the constellations and all of those things hold so much information because we're part of that, right? Exactly. I mean, yeah, if we were, I mean, people don't think about it a lot like this, but if we were truly separate, truly separate, I mean, completely separate, you wouldn't even be able to experience the thing you're separate from because there's no connection. So it doesn't even exist to you. Right. So the fact that we exist in the same grand play that's going on means that by, by just the pure force of reality, we're connected to it. And then, you know, you start seeing patterns and patterns within patterns and all that stuff. So Jodish is just one way of reading those cosmic patterns and a certain way of doing it. It's a modality, right? Yep. So it takes training and it's a certain language, quote unquote, that we learn to speak to access a certain capacity within us, which in our modern day, we call it intuition. Right. Was Jyotish as all astrology, I guess, is absolutely linked to astronomy as well. Completely. Yeah. Because incredible yeah. astronomical studies and, you know, predictions and all that stuff down to incredible, like the Egyptian culture and stuff like that. Right. Vedic yeah. culture, Egyptian culture, Dravidian culture, Chinese culture, Tibetan culture, all those cultures. Right. They were incredibly accurate with their astronomical calculations. Yeah. Um, and they had their ways of doing that, which, you know, are obviously changed in our more modern era that has all these telescopes and things like that, but they're pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. Yeah. yeah. It's quite amazing how accurate that we're still following the ancients. We've come a long way with technology, but the base knowledge that the ancients, I guess, Vedics, right? Is that? Yeah, the, the okay. Vedic culture or, you know, all those ancient cultures and who knows what came before them, right? We just don't right. have record of it. Yeah. I'm curious how Jyotish works because in Western astrology, I guess I could call it that, we collect data from, and I'm speaking strictly from the popular, you know, read my chart, like you're reading for someone, another person. I know there's a whole bunch of other ways we can read things like you were talking about, like shifts in the universe, shifts in consciousness and changes in the weather or change, you know, all, all those things. 
but just speaking strictly of reading someone's chart, Mm -hmm. you gather the data, like their birthday, the time of their birth, the place of their birth and you know, the month and the day. And then you take that and you apply it to different charts. Is Joe just kind of similar to that? Yeah, extremely similar. So you get someone's birth time, place, and date. Yeah. And to the minute, right? Ideally. Yes. Now, there, if someone doesn't have their exact birth time because they don't know, or maybe the hospital didn't record it properly or something like that, there are ways to reverse engineer the exact minute. But for the most part, we want to get the exact minute. The idea behind that, which is important to understand, is that in Jyotish, it is not a coincidence where and when you were born. There is a dharma or a purpose to that. Because of that, if you look at the sky and see where the major astral bodies are at that point, mm-hmm. they start to reveal the why you were born, when and where. And so then you can divide charts up into the birth chart is the main chart. That's called the Rashi chart, which is the same thing as a birth chart in Western astrology. And then you can divide that chart into sub charts to get different types of information. And that's all part of the practice of Jyotish and learning Jyotish and, and how to do it. And, you know, what chart to look at if you want to find out about their career, or what chart to look at if you want to find out the childbirth or what chart to look at if you want to find out about the soul's journey or what chart to look at if you want to find out about their uncle's financial situation, whatever, <laughs> you know, like there are charts for everything, charts upon charts. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Now, when we're speaking of astrology in general, we always say like, we're at a party, right. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're chatting. We meet somebody for the first time. We say, well, what's your sign? You <laughs> <like a> Leo, <laughs> you know how you do that? You know, you're, you're drawing, if you know anything about astrology, you're drawing from their sun sign, let's say, right. Cause that's really the, what the essence that you present to the world. And you'll say, you know, you seem like a Leo, you know, you, you're gathering information based on how they're interacting with you. Right. And so there's the astrological signs of Pisces and Scorpio. And so is Jotish the same with that kind of thing? Is that how you do it? Similar, but you know, that would be considered like a fun game, right? Like, so you go to a party and you say, oh, you know, let's guess what everyone's rising sign is or what their sun sign is. Right. Right. And that can be fun. Right. Because you're playing like the archetype game and it's like, what archetype do they fit into? And we all love to go online and take those quizzes and all that stuff and, you know, get that confirmation of our identity and and all that. So that's great. But what Jodish is much more interested in is taking the rising sign, yep. which in Jodish is given priority over the sun sign. Yep. Okay. And looking at the chart and seeing everything that unfolds from that and all the patterns that unfold from that. And you can have two people, like, for example, I've, I'm Libra rising in the sidereal zodiac, right? Yeah. So it might be different for you in the tropical zodiac and we can get to that later. Yep. But you put me next to another Libra rising and we will not have anywhere close to the same life, same personality, same body, nothing. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's where people start to be like, eh, I don't know about this astrology thing. Right. Not all Libra risings do the same thing. And that's what astrology says. 
Actually, that's not what astrology says. Astrology says that that's one layer of that person or one influence. And in Jodish, there could be 10,000 influences. By the time you toss all those ingredients in the pot, those two soups aren't going to look the same. Right, right. It's the same, smell the same, you know, all that stuff. So while it can be fun to play the archetype game, and it's always fun to spot an archetype, when we're doing a serious reading, we really want to stay away from just identifying someone as a Libra or a Virgo. So therefore you're uptight or, you know, a, a Leo, therefore you like attention. That's too simple. Yeah. Yes. Like in Ayurveda, you don't want to just say, oh, you're a Kapha. Therefore you're lazy. That, that's not fair. Right. right. Exactly. Yeah. Sure. Sure. <laughs> so, so what you're saying is you could be a rising, have a rising sign in Libra, but you, you also have all the other planets that are influencing you, which are going to be different than somebody else. Completely yeah. different. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. And not only that, at least Jyotish is not fatalistic. Mm-hmm. So meaning that purpose of Jyotish is to say that there are these grahas, they're called grahas. And in Sanskrit, that means thing that grabs you. Okay. The planets are. And so there are these like forces at play or they represent energetic forces of nature, let's say, that are not you. They're not you. They just push or pull you and influence you. It's like a devil and an angel whispering in your ear, right? Mm -hmm. But you still have agency. So you get to make choices. And depending on the choices you make in your life, you're going to influence the influences. Right. So it becomes like, okay, you know, I have these things pushing and pulling me. How am I going to build my life to either emphasize certain energies and de-emphasize others, go with the push, resist the push? Those are all choices. And in that way, it's tough for astrologers to sit there and say, yes, I can predict your future. That's, you're not really supposed to do that. Nope, definitely not. And that kind of makes me think about in astrology, oftentimes there are energies there's energy in that time of the year or in that astrological sign. We'll take Aries, right? It's the start of the Western Zodiac. There's energy in Aries. that's like motivation, take charge, creating and manifesting new things. It's kind of like, because it's the first one, there's so much, there's a lot of power and energy that a lot of times astrologists will suggest to a person to use that energy in that astrological time to manifest and use the positive energy within, say, we're using Aries as an example. Use that as maybe that that can energize you to start something new or manifest something new in your life. Right. Yotish, look at it kind of like that as well. Yeah, definitely. I personally call that surfing, right? You're surfing the transit. You're, You're trying to get on the wave of energy that's already there. Yes. Exactly. And then, and then you got to look at yourself, you know, Jyotish is very, puts a lot of emphasis on the soul's journey. That's a very, you know, kind of hero's quest way of talking about it, right? Like you're alive for a purpose there. This isn't random. And there are things you got to do to keep it simple. You know, let's identify what that stuff is and let's work it out and let's go for it because the world will be a better place if you do for yourself and everyone else around you. Right. So then you look at how all these plants are. And then at the same time, you say, okay, look, you may have a tendency to not do so well with Aries energy. 
You know, I'm, I'm seeing that when I look at the whole of your chart and, you know, okay, the more I look at your chart, the more I start to see that there's this like overall flow of how things going. And it always seems to land over here, Aries. And there's like four planets in that house and there's a big traffic jam and there's all this stuff. And let's talk about how that manifests in your life and how to work this out, because there's a lot of energy there for you. And, you know, lo and behold, more often than not, astrologers aren't perfect. Um, by any means, but more often than not, it's like, yeah. And they start telling their own personal story and you can literally see those energies, those archetypes manifest in their life. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, so we've hit the nail on the head. So now what are we going to do about it? Right. And then that's kind of where the conversation is supposed to go. It's not supposed to just say, oh, you know, Aries passion. Okay. So go out and do passion. That doesn't mean anything to anyone. Right. Like, you know, sure. Yeah. <laughs> and in that same energetic flow that we're talking about, how do you use Jyotish with healing as an Ayurvedic doctor? Do you incorporate Jyotish charts? And then do we have in a certain astrological combination that makes up a person, would we be predisposed to certain ailments or is, yeah. that, is that fair to say? I mean, I don't know. Definitely fair to say. So a short backstory about that. I started with Ayurveda. I did not start with Jyotish. And I always liked astrology, Western and Jyotish. So I just liked the concept, but I didn't really, I was pretty, you know, innocent about it. I just, I never pursued it. I started studying Ayurveda and I think like what, three years into my Ayurveda study or something like that. I forget which text it was in. Um, it was either in the Charaka Samhita or one of the major Ayurvedic texts. But basically I read this line that was, for all intents and purposes, any physician that doesn't study astrology is a fool. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, well, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I wonder what in, that means. Yeah. That is, is that in uh, Karaka Samhita? Because I think I saw that. I don't remember which text is. I have to find it, right? But it struck me. Yeah. It was like, whoa. Okay. So I was like, you know, I'd been studying this stuff for a while and I learned to develop a trust in it where it'd be like, I'd read something in it. You know, I'd be like, ah, oh, that doesn't make sense. Or maybe they're just talking about that because it's 5,000 years old only to in not that long of a period of time be like, oh, okay. I get it. I get it. was real. It was true. Right. I just hadn't seen it that way yet. And so I was like, well, maybe I should start studying Jyotish. Yeah. So I did you know, of course I was interested in the body and healing and disease and Jodish. And it takes a while to get good enough to really do the medical astrology is what they call it. But eventually you start to see some patterns. It's not so obvious, right? You can't just say sun in the first house. So they're going to have pits of problems that, you know, you don't want to do that, but actually a lot of times it ends up being true, but you need more of the story than that. If you're going to practice it with Ayurveda. Right. So there are all these complicated techniques and that you go through and that you try and start to see these overarching patterns. And of course, when you're looking at a chart and there are, you know, anywhere from seven to 15 symbols on the chart, depending on how you read a chart. Right. And you're trying to describe someone's life in seven to 15 symbols that that's not enough. So you got to look beyond the symbols. You got to look beyond the chart. It's this kind of interesting thing that happens when you study astrology is it changes you. And you start to see like, wow, with this little thing in front of me, 
look at how much you can see or look at even the parts of myself I can access that I didn't even think about if I weren't looking at the chart. So like triggers a lot inside you. And then you have to trust your intuition. And we can always talk more about that. Maybe another podcast, right? (laughs) And then it's like, okay. And so you kind of use the chart as a structure to help see what you already knew yeah. to sound mysterious about it, right? Yeah. Then you actually do look at the patterns in the chart and say, okay. And so between the two of those forces, you become inspired. And often that inspiration is exactly what's going on. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you look at the chart, you look at all this stuff, and then you start to see, okay, because you're looking at the birth chart for health a lot. And you say, this person is going to have a tendency to maybe have Vata imbalance in the Maja Datu, right? Because of the way Saturn's placed, the way Mars is placed, the way you read the chart, you could use, read the chart from the position of Mars as the ascendant, gets very complicated, all that stuff, right? And then you see where Saturn is in respect to that, because Saturn deals with Vata, then you look at Rahu, which acts like Saturn, and you start to form this picture, and you say, okay, all these situations are afflicted, in a chart means that there are problems or they seem really solid. There's a strength there. And so by that way, I might be able to assess someone's strength of their nervous system. And mm-hmm. so if I then ask them a question, because I will not presuppose the answer, but a very guided pointed question, yeah. more often than not, what comes back is verification of what I saw in the chart. Once I get that verification, we're off to the races. And then maybe I can say, okay, look, how important is this in your life? What might a prognosis look like if you don't change anything like those kinds of things? Yeah. Yeah. You you can definitely use it. It's very powerful, especially if someone's open to going through that process as the client. Right. Yeah, definitely. Now you went to a a conference, a Jyotish conference recently Uh and probably picked up some new information maybe, or know that you mentioned something about pregnancy and child, something about that. What is Jyotish as far as like, you know, people want to know, am I going to have a a Scorpio baby? Is my baby going to be intuitive? You try so hard. Everyone wants to know these things and they try to plan sometimes when they might want to have a baby because they want it to be that, that astrological sign. Or what did you learn about the, is it the mother child connection or having a child? What was that connection? So, yeah. So, you know, at this most recent uh, seminar I went to the, my teachers were Sat Siri and Mark Minnick, and they're both great astrologers and they're part of the lineage that pundit Sanjay Roth is carrying on. And these people have really devoted their life to the study of Jodish um, much more than I have. So I do it as a as a thing in conjunction with Ayurveda, but they are just true Jyotishis. They get very complicated in with the mythology that represents the archetypes, right? That's the Vedic way of describing the archetypes is in the mythology. Mm-hmm. It's even a stretch to say mythology. I don't necessarily know if that's even the right word. When they're talking, you know, a lot of times we do a, a lecture or whatever, a, a teaching where, because we're trying to become Jyotishis ourselves, or we are advancing our Jyotish skills, you don't just want to, okay, here, give me the calculation. And, uh, you know, for a female, I look at the ninth house in the, this divisional chart. And if there's a bad planet, then it's bad. And if there's a good planet, it's good. We don't want to do that. That's what we want to avoid. Right. Right. We want to understand why 
we can look at a chart this way and what energies are at play. And so that we can saturate ourselves with the understanding of, you know, the more subtle layers of consciousness that are leading to the, the way of seeing a chart this way. I hope that made sense. You know, we get like a, there will be a long class to understand all the back story. Right. To one technique. Okay. One technique was to look at a female's chart or a male's chart, either one, and look to see if you can see what's going on with the chances of having a child. Interesting. Right. Mm-hmm. And whether they'll have one child, two child, two children, three children, are there going to be any complications? Are there going to be, you know, that kind of stuff. Wow. Right. So it's very cool. You know, one chart we looked at, it got very detailed. It was dead on. I know for a fact, because it was my chart that was used as the example, right? (laughs) So, you know, it was, I don't have children and I don't plan on having children. And it was just right there in the chart. No problem. If you knew where to look to the letter, including the, the not having children, but the circumstances around that. Isn't that something that's crazy. And so that's not to say, this is where people get weird with astrology. That's Mm -hmm. not to say I could, could not have had a child. Right. Some things in a chart are taught in the Jyotish tradition that they're set. It's going to happen. Right. But not the majority of the chart. Yeah. Okay. So with childbirth, a lot of times it's not set, but Still, you could see that basically, unless I had gone through some big transformations or made radically different choices or had hugely different influences in my life, it wasn't going to happen. I was going to choose not to have children. I was just going to say, you still have free will, right? If sure. like, right. Okay. But right. as it stands now. Right. And that's a common technique used by astrologers. And then the idea is that, you know, if you're sitting, the astrologer is always in a little bit of an interesting position. Like, let's say someone sat down with me and said, am I going to have kids? And it's like, well, we can look at your chart and we can see the energies at play, the grahas, right? Pushing and pulling on you. But that's just going to show tendencies. It's not going to show absolutes. But that information can be helpful because if you're looking at a chart and someone's saying, am I going to have kids? And you say, well, there's some challenges here, Right. And you can apply remedies and the remedies might be Ayurvedic. They might be based in Jyotish. They might be just lifestyle remedies, right? All so sorts we're of talking, remedies. We're talking now about more like if they were coming with fertility issues. Sure. Maybe fertility right. issues. They don't even know they have. Right. Wow. Right? Or, or where is the block? Yeah. Right? I get pregnant. Where is the block? Is it me? Is it my partner? Is it you know, my dog, like, what's the deal? Yeah. Yeah. And so you can look and say, okay. And it's the Jyotishi's job to look at the chart on the person's behalf, access intuition and try and interpret this omen that's sitting in front of them. Okay. Yeah. And so when we've talked before, cause you did do my Jyotish chart in a long, you know, a while ago, I, I was excited to hear. And then I, I found out that the Jyotish astrology chart is not the same as the Western, as far as like in the Western astrology, I'm a Pisces, but in Jyotish, I'm the one before it is, was that right? If I remember right. Yeah. So 
Jyotish uses the sidereal zodiac and Western astrology uses the tropical zodiac. Right. So like, for example, we just had the spring equinox, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're using the tropical zodiac, then air then on the spring equinox, Aries is set at zero degrees. Right. Right. But Jyotish doesn't follow that rule. It's a little bit more complicated, but basically it follows a fixed star in the sky. So over time, actually, the sidereal zodiac and the tropical zodiac are becoming further apart. Oh. So right now it's roughly a 24 degree difference and a full sign is 30 degrees roughly. So if you're reading your chart off the sidereal zodiac and your sun is in, let's say 10 degrees Pisces mm -hmm. in the sidereal zodiac, it's back 24 degrees, which would put it squarely in Aquarius. Right. Right. Now you look at it and everyone's like, oh my God, that changes everything. Right. So there you go. And people who are skeptics are going to be like, see, astrology is that mean that proves it. It doesn't work. Right. Like, yeah, chill out. Okay. <laughs> right. Because what I found, because I've talked to a lot of Western astrologers and we're all good buddies and you know, everyone's like, cool, it's all good. What I found is everyone actually, a lot of times comes to the same conclusions and it's like, well, how could that be? Right. It's because of the astrologer. It's because that you're, you're looking at this chart to open up your intuition about it and the techniques developed around the tropical zodiac and the techniques developed around the sidereal zodiac are of such a way to access the truth just through a slightly different method. Right, right. Okay. Now, I'm sure some astrologers would scowl at what I just said and say, no, it's the sidereal zodiac that's ultimate. And others would say, no, it's a tropical Right. Zodiac that. So, okay. Maybe if you get into the nuance of the nuance of the nuance, I don't know. Right. What I found through my personal experience with all this is that not all the time, but a lot of times a Western astrologer and Eastern astrologer will look at each other. They'll have their method of accessing what's going on with the native or the person whose charts getting read. Right. And they'll both come to a remarkably similar assessment. Let's mm -hmm. put it that way. Yeah. Yeah, of what's going on. And in Jodish, are there yeah. houses in the, the same thing? Kind same of thing. thing, same zodiac, just different names because they're Sanskrit names. Mm. 12 houses, 12 signs, same planets. Interesting. North node, south node are Rahu and Ketu in Jyotish. Right. Yep. Thing. When, so when someone comes into your clinic, uh huh. And you're as an Ayurvedic doctor, you're meeting with them and you're doing consultation and you're taking all this information. Do they know that you're, do you always use your, your Jodish um, reading when you're doing consultation? Is that something you do sometimes? Is it, does the person ask for that to be done? Like what, what's the deal? Or is that part of your assessment, medical assessment? I do not always do it. Um, and I, will basically ask permission. Mm -hmm. And uh, you, said yeah. you, you talked earlier that medical Jyotish. Yeah. So I'm interested. I am right in school for Ayurvedic practitioner. And so I'm very intrigued with this whole part of this because I, I do find that the ancient ways are the best ways, in my opinion, to get access information that goes beyond the doctor 
and goes beyond the, the rogi sometimes, right? It just, it kind of fills in the middle of information that maybe wouldn't be discussed when you're just talking in a consultation. It's right. kind of like the deeper stuff. You're, you're looking obviously for a different outcome when you're doing that, right? You're not looking, you don't care if they're like fun at a party. You're looking, (laughs) (laughs) but you know what I mean? Yeah. You're, you're looking for. Yes. Very specific things regarding health. Yeah. So if I'm doing an astrology reading for just, you know, general likes, you know, a lot of times everyone's curious. It's like, what should I do for a living? And, you know, is anyone ever going to love me? Right. So, (laughs) so that's a very different reading than like really digging into someone's health situation being like, okay, this person has a chronic illness. It's causing them a lot of suffering. What is going on? And here's what I do a lot. And this is just me. I'm not speaking for all Ayurvedic Jyotishis. When I'm given permission to look at a chart, look at a chart and I'll do, I'll look at the chart sometimes before, sometimes after I've already seen them. Right. Mm -hmm. If my assessment of them on just my basic Ayurvedic, you know, assessment, Mm -hmm starts to look really similar to what the Jodish assessment is, that is a good cross-reference for me. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. I am very hesitant to just look at someone's chart and make a medical claim. At best, I will, it will lead me to the right questions. Yes. And I don't think you can look at this like, you know, a lot of Western mind stuff likes to, where it's like, well, you know, there's Jyotish and there's Ayurveda and you have to separate them and you have to put them under a microscope and you have to analyze them to the nth degree. And only then if they produce reliable results, will I consider it valid? It's like, whoa, that is like not what Jyotish even claims to be, right? Right. It's not, it's saying like, okay, well, that won't work. I, I agree with you, right? they're both part of me. I, you know, it's like, I can't, you can't separate the two. It's the same person using both tools to get to a truth, to help another person with something that they've asked help for. Right. So there's a much different way of looking at it than the kind of like slice it apart and assess it until it's gone method. Yeah. It's fascinating. Um, on so many levels, this is why I love Ayurveda and why I love the Eastern philosophies because they're not too proud or not to bring in spiritual practices to get deeper answers to things. And I, I love that part of it. But before we wrap it up, I just wanted to ask this time that we're in right now, which is in the world, it just seems like everything is just upset, let's say. And it's, I know that's a very benign word that I'm using. I mean, it just seems like so much energy and not the, the greatest of energy is going on in the world. What does Jodish say anything about that? Definitely. We, yeah. How long are we going to be in this craziness? I wonder. Well, I, I wish I could tell <laughs> you. God. God. <laughs> so the, so Jodish is very cyclical. I mean, well, I shouldn't say Jodish is the astronomy is very cyclical Um, extremely like it is the definition of cyclical. So, you know, you can't say there's an end to this because it's going to cycle back. Sure. Eventually. Right. So if there's an end to the period, sure. You know, we just had a major transit where like 
Rahu, the North Node, which is a mischief maker, or heavy, hard planet, creates a lot of chaos, has the potential to, um, is, was, you know, exalted and it was conjunct with Mars and, you know, which is violent and can be, right? Yep. So you look at that and it's like, okay. And then, you know, Saturn, the Lord of disease is in Capricorn, the sign of disease. And so there you go. And it's been in since the beginning of COVID. Yeah. Whoa, look at that, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, there's like those huge overarching themes. Yeah. So, but here's the thing. Saturn represents disease. Saturn also represents hard work. Saturn also represents the people at large. Saturn also represents, uh, you know, suffering. Saturn also represents, you know, depression. Saturn also represents vata. Saturn also represents muscle tissue. Saturn, it's like, yeah. you can't, you can't just take this one Saturn and say, oh, it's this one thing. That's the whole point of astrology is you got to look at everything and see what, what part of this entity is at play? What part of this energy is at play? And that's the hard work of astrology. That's why you can't just look at a chart and be like, okay, got it. This is the way it is. And we're done. Right. Right. Yeah. But it looks at where we're at and, and how things are coming together and how, like what you just used the example of COVID and then maybe as it shifts. Yeah. Cause is Pluto's involved somehow, isn't it? Or it was at sure recently, recently it was, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, Pluto takes a long time to change signs. Yeah. So, you know, that's why Pluto is often used Pluto and Uranus are yeah. often used to define like generational patterns yeah. because mm -hmm. they take so long to move that yeah. they're, you could say their energy quote unquote is pushing in the same direction for a long period of time. Whereas mm -hmm. the moon is like changes signs every <laughs> like one day plus a little bit more. Yeah. You know? sure does. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, and, and what is, how does Jyotish, um, What's the feeling about the moon? I, I mean, how important is the moon or the moon cycles? I, for one, I have been moon journaling for about two years now because the moon affects, I mean, it affects all of us, but when you really start paying attention and you kind of capitalize on that cycle that really gives you motivation or you're feeling inspired and I've been keeping it for me. This is how it influences, you know, me. How, how does Jodish interpret the moon? And it, the, how does it look at it? It's, it's connected to our emotions a lot, right? The moon is considered a reflection of Surya, the sun, right? Or a body that reflects, reflects Surya. So because of its reflective nature, yeah. it is it governs the mind. So mm -hmm. of course it will govern emotions because it governs the mind, right? So, but, you know, so people might have a tendency to have a lot of mental activity on the full moon and mm -hmm. everyone who knows this stuff knows that, you know, when it's full moon time, crime rate goes up, stuff, diseases go up, everything goes up, insight goes up, brilliance goes up, it all goes up. The mind gets very active, right? Yeah. yeah. And a new moon, the opposite, but 
That doesn't mean every person's going to follow that pattern because you got to look at the moon in their birth chart and compare it to the, where the moon is today. And there can be a whole bunch of different things that go on. Right. Okay. Yeah. So Joe just gets so into the moon. In fact, that there is a whole different chart that just deals with not even a chart is bigger than a chart. It's like a whole different Zodiac that oh, just wow. deals with the moon movements. And there are 27 or 28 signs, depending on which version you use. And it's like this whole science in and of itself. It's called the nakshatras, the mansions of the moon. So it's like, it goes into such crazy detail. Wow. And I'm thinking for people who are, because we are talking about women's health and conceiving and fertility and all that, I bet that chart is really useful in women's health. Yeah. And because women are just so connected, female energy, so connected with the moon, feminine energy, or however you want to say. Um, yeah. Wow. That's fascinating. Yeah. So, you know, a moon in general, right. This is very general uh, moon in a strong position. In the chart in the right chart is usually indicative of having a child. Ah, you know, but then you like, so then, yeah, but what's looking at the moon and where and why? Da, 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 right, da, right, da, right, of yeah, course. Yeah. Yeah. You start to fill out the picture. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I could, I mean, we could talk about this all night because I, this is, this is my jam. I just, I just love this stuff. It just, to me, it's just so fascinating. Just like when people, you know, read my chart and tell me, you know, are my finances going to get better? Am I, am I going to get married? Am I going to find my person? Equally, I, I would hope and think that people would be so fascinated in the medical side of it because our health is our ultimate gift. I mean, without health, without good health, we, we have nothing really. So I think this is fascinating. Can I ask you to share? Do you have any offerings at this time that you want to share with the listeners? For sure. Since we're talking about Jodish. Yeah. So anyone listening who feels like getting like a short 15 minute Jodish reading, a Jodish jaunt, we'll call it. Be happy to. I love connecting with people. And um, you can just reach out to me at reception at iiayurveda.com. I'm sure Sherry will put it in the notes or whatever she does. Yeah. Reach out. I'll get back to you and we'll go for it. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It really is. And that's really nice of you to do that. I think people just find this stuff fascinating and and I thank you. I just, I really appreciate you spending time with me and, and sharing all this wisdom and knowledge. I really do. Hopefully we'll be able to get together again soon and talk about some herbs again, the herbal world. I'm just, I'm fascinated with, and I know it's, I just feel like it's under appreciated and there's just so much help that can be found in, in herbal medicine. And, and I just, think it's a great topic of conversation. We'll get together maybe soon and, and have a conversation about that. Does that sound Anytime. good? For sure. Thank you, Victor. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you, Sherry. I appreciate you. We'll talk soon. Talk to you soon. Okay. I hope you enjoyed the conversation today. If you would like to experience healing or give the gift of healing to another, please go to my website, www.hamsaholistichealingandayurveda.com or email me at sherry at hamsaholistichealing.com. Or you can contact me on Facebook, Sherry Berjanski. I offer Ayurveda consultations, Reiki energy healings, reflexology and Ayurveda foot massage, tarot card readings, angel card readings, and much more. If you found this podcast helpful, please share an episode 
so that we can spread this wonderful wisdom of healing. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, take care. Namaste.